Hi there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. I'm going to have to change this intro to the the podcast of the Champions of Scotland because that's what we are. Uh, as I say, every week, guys, uh, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. There's a forums, we've got articles, you know, match previews, reviews, all that kind of stuff. Frankie's got your social media, uh, there's a history archive on the website so get yourself over there. Uh, if you're watching live tonight, start again. <laughs> if it's your first time watching tonight, we would encourage you to subscribe uh, and share us on social media. Uh, we've got over 4,000 subscribers now, so we're doing great. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed so far. Uh, the podcast is live tonight, uh, but it will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, all your usual places, guys, all the... The usual gump that I say every week when I'm on this show. So now to bring in my uh, guest for tonight, it's David Wren, uh, sitting in for John. I believe he's had a wee switcheroo at the last minute. Yes, um, and it's obvious that you're out of practice in the, the old hosting luck, because oh, that's a disaster. <clears throat> but, um, yes, it always John is, I, David, it always is. John and I had a bit of a gentleman's agreement yesterday. I, I'm, I'm sort of, I've had a bit of a nightmare and I'm working on Sunday, so I just couldn't have came on on Sunday and gave it a proper go, I don't think. So I think I'll, I'll have one eye on the game and one eye on uh, on work. But, well, we'll see about that. But um, I certainly saw last night's game and I think, you know, there's going to be a lot to talk about tonight. And I know I know Frankie's already mentioned that in social media, but um, aye. I mean, this was supposed to be, a, you know, a show about the old firm game, but... You know, it's, it's incredible to think that's going to sort of be the last thing we touch on tonight um, yeah. because there was so much fallout and, you know, beyond the fact that we'll, we'll speak about the actual game, you know, what went on afterwards and, and then into the day, I think we'll take up enough time on its own. So, yeah, um, I suppose we better we better get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it was a really, a really poor ending, I suppose, to the... I mean, the result in itself was disappointing, but, you know, I, I mean, I'm fairly... <sighs> As a wee bit gotten, but you know you can't you can't really criticise Rangers too much in terms of how they've done this year in Europe. You know, so sore but taking it. But uh, the other stuff, obviously, that the stuff uh, with Glenn Kamara will come on to. But I thought, I mean, first of all, we would look at the football, David, rather than the the, the, the stuff uh, outside the, the football. So I, I mean, I mean, it was frustrating today. I thought when I saw the draw and I saw who, who Slavia Prague got. You know, it was just like. I think Rangers have got a wee bit of history of that. He just, you know, missing out in huge ties by going out the round before, so to speak. Uh, and it felt like that the day, you know, we could have had Arsenal and that would have been, that would have just been a brilliant tie. But I mean, I mean, over the two legs, you know, we just, just fell short again, really. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I think we said on Wednesday, Wednesday night's preview show that, you know, they'd showed us their hand and there was nothing new coming for them so to speak it was up to us and I don't really think uh, we could really say that many of us performed you know many many of the, the players performed on the night a really poor performance and you, can you complain really about the about the, the result no I think um, it was quite apparent early doors that you know um, we weren't quite at it which was which was disappointing and you know and that's happened this season generally we've, we've, we've picked up but um, I felt like it was difficult in the first half because I felt like Arfield especially, and I hate to single him out because um, he's been such a good player for us this season, but it, to me he just doesn't look sharp, doesn't look fit, and I think, you know, last night it showed, and I think, you know, it reminded me of the, 
Um, we got the standard Liège game, you know, when we were absolutely battered in the first 20 minutes or so, and they score, and then you're trying to um, sort of get back in the game and, and, and sort yourself out. And I just felt like we didn't really do that. Um, last night uh, they were good. I, I thought they were a really good, really good side over the two legs. I thought, you know, well organised. <clears throat> last night just did a job on us, and yeah, as you say, they were just. I mean, Morellas just couldn't really get going in the game. It, it, it wasn't holding the ball up very well. He wasn't doing all the things that that were used to him, you know, doing well, and that was that was disappointing. Um, but listen, as you said, it's been a fantastic run in Europe, and. Yeah, it's disappointing because there was quite a lot of romantic aspects to that Arsenal tie. You know, I think um, the fact that it had been a, a you know a battle of Britain, but also I think the Arteta aspect would have been good as well. And there was a few different bits and bobs in that, so it'd have been lovely to play them. But yeah, it just just never really got going last night. I never really felt like the European ties this season. I've always felt up for it, and I felt like you know the the, the longer the game goes on, the more you get into it. But last night was just just nothing was happening, no. you know. Apart from that Morelos chance, where he sort of hit one from the edge of the box, you can't really think of many other times when we actually looked like we were going to threaten. And there was no times where you were kind of out your seat, excited about what we were doing. Um, Aribo, you know, didn't really get into the game, which isn't like him. Kent, I mean, I know we'll come on, we'll probably come on to this, but the way he was getting treated in the first half was just appalling. I thought the referee was 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 really, really poor last night, actually. Um, and, you know, it was that sort of thing that just ruins football. And, you know, they were a savvy team. I think they knew what they were doing. But, you know, every time Kent's getting the ball and it was he was just getting um, cut down. So that was disappointing. But, yeah, it just, just never really happened. And you know what? I wasn't overly depressed after the game and I think that was interesting because like normally and certainly I think actually the context of the season I think if we were going to Parkhead on Sunday needing to win to win the league and that had happened last night I'd have been in a mega downer but I think when you look at it you know I actually spoke to John last night um, John McCallum before sorry after the game and he was sort of saying you know really really gotten but you know, the thing is, we're champions of Scotland. We're um, going to be in the Champions League, at least the qualifiers next season, you know, with a chance to the group stages. This time last year, you know, when we lost 3-1 at Ibrox to Bayer Leverkusen, we were 13 points, I think, behind Celtic in the league. We were heading out, you know, at that stage, and um, we were also facing up to, you know, a global pandemic, you know, at the very early stages. You fast forward a year, we've won the league, you know, uh, won the fifty fifth title. You know, we've, we've that was the first defeat in Europe all season, and you know we look hopefully to be coming out of this pandemic. So, you know, in the context of Rangers and in life, <laughs> it's a bit less depressing than it was this time last year. Really, really disappointing to go out. I think we had a right good chance last night, um, and I think for a lot of fans and certainly my mates and myself, you know, it felt like an opportunity missed. Uh, but listen, it's been a great ride this season in Europe and. I think Gerard again has shown his fantastic management um, and these big ties. But last night just fell short, and you know what can happen. We've not had many of them this season. Those sort of performances, those sort of results, and I think sometimes you can get away with playing badly. But I think when you play against a team like that, that's so well organised, so sort of savvy off the ball, um, and can hurt you in, in their own attack and 
you're always going to be struggling if you can't get up for it in the first 60 minutes. We were only going to get away with what we got away with the week before. So, yeah, it's really disappointing, I think, when we saw Slavia Prague coming out the, the draw last, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we, we thought we had the right chance. And, yeah, it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow. But, listen, we're going to be getting our hands on the, the league title in a few weeks. And I think that'll more than make up for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, as it's frustrating. It kind of felt to me, you know, maybe maybe other supporters out there of a, of a certain vintage, you know, around about my age or maybe, or maybe feel the same, but it felt like uh, the Stoy Bucharest game. It felt it felt similar to that, that they weren't, a, they weren't a better team, but they were a cuter team. You know, they, they, had a wee, they were a wee bit more streetwise and a bit cleverer. Uh, and and I, I come back to it, just too many of our, our big players didn't turn up last night, I don't think. I mean, nothing coming through Barisic really in the wide areas. I think Nathan Patterson, I mean, it's a good experience for the boy, but I think I think he's had a couple of difficult legs as well. Yeah, sorry, a couple of difficult games. I think what you were saying as well about Arfield, I think he struggled. Aribo just couldn't get into the game. Kent couldn't get into the game. He was getting kicked out it, mind you. But aye, no complaints. I actually, I mean, I, I hate to do this because I mean, I praised him so much on Wednesday night. I actually think McGregor could have done better with both the goals as well. You know what I mean? I think the first one, he's got a hand to it. It's maybe just not strong enough. Maybe Frankie in the background will disagree being of the goalkeeper's union. And I think his positioning for the free kick is slightly off. When, when you when you see how close he is to it, I think if he's a foot back and maybe a foot further to the right, he, he gets a hand to that. So, but just, just I, sorry to sorry to butt in, but the, the free kick, I, I found Daryl Curry was, was getting at that after the game last night. And I thought actually, you know, he had a point. He was trying to get a wee bit out of Davy Weir and Alan Hutton. I don't know if it was uh, the fact yeah. that they're obviously mates with McGregor, they weren't wanting yeah. to go too uh, deep. But I, I actually think there was quite a lot of um, different factors in that, in the way that goal came about. Because, you know, Balogun had just gone off and ordinarily, you would have 11 men in the pitch and you would know who was going to be in the wall. You would know who was marking the middle of the, pit, uh, the box. But when you've got nine men, it's, it's really difficult to then switch and, and understand who's doing what. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses, but there was certainly a, a feeling that when they lined up to take that free kick, we, we only had two men in the wall in, at, at the start of that process. And yeah. then I think another guy went in, but there was obviously a bit of panic among the players, quite rightly, because, you know, who expects to go down to nine men? So that's what I would say about the McGregor thing. I would probably have to watch it again and again to really see the positional. But obviously, getting beat from that range, there's always going to be questions, I think. Um, but it was just a, just a shit night of the office for us, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, you know, it's... You know, it's one of those, and I, I, I don't want to be too despondent because I think, I mean, I'm I'm saying that a lot of their, their players, their big players, didn't turn up, but they've done so much for us this season. You know what I mean? They've, they've performed so well, uh, over and above, really, that you can't really criticise them. You know what I mean? I always felt this tie was a 50-50, toss of a coin, uh, and that's the way it turned out. Uh, on to the, 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 the sending-offs, uh, David, now, in my opinion, with Balogun, I actually think he could have been off earlier. I thought, yeah, I thought he had a bit of a bad night, you know, persistently fouling and daffy fouls here and there. And he he, he he done one in the second half. And I said to my son there and then, I was like, he's getting sent off tonight. You know what I mean? He just had that feeling. He was just, he was just been reckless and pretty much most of his tackling. So, I, I mean, I've got no complaints with that one. The one I do, I want to question is the one on, is the roof one. And that's the one that everybody's saying, you know, it's an absolute shocker. It's a straight red. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I mean, again, I'm maybe looking at it from 
uh, you know, thinking of it from a player's perspective. If you've got your eye on the ball, it's coming over you, and then you you don't take your eye off the ball, your focus is totally on the ball. You know what I mean? And you don't know that guy's there. I, I, I'm always going down the road that intent is nine-tenths of the law in these things. You know what I mean? It's a contact sport. Sometimes accidents happen and that's it. And that's what I view that as. I mean, there was some, uh, there was somebody on Sky, uh, not Sky Sports, sorry, on Top Sport this morning saying that he followed through. You know, he made contact and then he followed through. It's a straight red. He should be getting a 10-game ban and all this. That's nonsense. You know what I mean? It, it, it reminded me of the one, I think it was Manny against Manchester City two or three seasons ago. It was similar. And I just, I, I'm, I'm honestly of the opinion of well, what else do you expect Ruth to do? He wants to try and get to the ball first. He's following the ball. He's following the flight of the, 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 the pass. But geez, what else do you expect him to do? The folk will say it's dangerous play. And I, and I, I kind of would actually maybe question that as well because it comes back to the intent. You know what I mean? I don't think he intends to hurt him. He doesn't know he's there. He just, he just puts his foot up to go for the ball and, and catches the guy. So that's the one, I mean, under the rules, under the current rules, then yeah, you'd have to say it's a sending off. What I'm questioning is, is are the rules correct? You know what I mean? Because I don't think he, he does anything wrong. He goes for a ball fairly. He never takes his eye off the flight of the, the, the pass. He catches the guy, don't get me wrong. It's a dullion, but a, a straight red. I don't know. Um. <clears throat> I, I can't I can't say I didn't think it was a red at the time and I can't say I didn't think it was a red after I saw it again it, for me I don't know I just I just felt you know when he did it and it happened you saw the goalie go down and you actually saw the aftermath which you know I appreciate what you're saying but I mean it was gruesome it was it was really horrible and I, I felt for the goalie and he really looked sparkled and I think from a refereeing standpoint you know so, so the referee on the pitch sees that and sees the boot into the face from that height. And I appreciate it. I don't think there was any intent, but I think it was really, really poor judgment from Roof. I think, you know, you've got to expect, if it's not a goalkeeper, you've got to have enough awareness to think, right, well, if I put my foot away up there on the box, there's a good chance I might catch someone. I think there's a wee bit of that. I just I don't think I agree with you on the fact I don't think there was any intent none at all I don't think he followed through nothing like that but I think the the way it looks for a referee who's seen it once and making a decision is I think he maybe could have given a yellow just based on that but I don't necessarily think that'd have been right and you've got to appreciate that the referee only sees it once so he's given the red card which you know he felt from from his angle it was. And then I think from the VAR standpoint, if they're seeing it again and again, then it only looks worse. And I think, it, you know, you know, if they were then to be seen watching it again and then saying, no, it wasn't, when, when everyone can see it's about right to the face. So there's a, bit, a few different bits and bobs that I think it was a red, personally, um, just because of the, the the force that went, you know, the, the kind of, went into the, the boot in the face and that, as I say I don't think it, I think it was uh, momentum but I don't know why his, why his foot was up there I, I don't know why he didn't go with his head because you know if he got on his head and knocked it past the goalie there's every chance he would have won a penalty so it's a difficult one I just don't know why he, he, he felt the need to put his you know to try and bring the ball down like that and then obviously the goalie's taken the sword one and the referee's seen, deemed that a red card but the more I'm talking about it now, the more you're sort of I'm starting to sort of see your point of view. 
It's a it's a funny one because you're sort of thinking about it, and I'm thinking about what I thought as soon as it happened last night. I thought that's a red card, no chance. He's getting away with that, but, but it is difficult because if the rule is, you know, as you're saying, then. But I mean, it's difficult really to defend. I think <laughs> when you see the the mess the goalie's face was in. I, I, it's, it's a funny I mean, one. I, I, I get one. that. It is a bad one, but I would argue that you know it's a contact sport and these things happen. I, I think under the current rules, yeah, it's a red card. I think a few years ago it wouldn't have been. I think it would have just been deemed as, you know, he's went for the ball and he's caught him. And it's I, I'm kind of looking at it from you know a sort of a, a player's perspective. I think he's entitled to go for it. I do. I genuinely think he's entitled to go for that ball, and. Do you not I think, think there's I, th- a, I, th- I think most strikers would have done the same. Do you not think there's an element of it being poor decision making in the sense of trying to bring it down with his foot? Should he not go in front with his head? Or do you think that's a natural way to bring the ball down in, in a, you know, well, not a, not a natural way, but a, you know, a sensible way, a, a sort of the best way to to bring that ball down? I don't. Know I'm not sure thing. if I'm not sure he could have got his head to it because the way the ball bounced, I think it bounces in front of him. Uh, but I mean, it's just—I suppose it's just the, the the evolution of the game, really. You know, what I mean, these right. kind of things are, are being uh, are being challenged. But I, I I felt for Ruth because I always feel bookings and red cards, and 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 I don't think they do this at all now. You know, you get booked for taking your jersey off and you're celebrating and all, and stupid things like that. I think they've—I've always viewed these as principal tools to protect players, right? So if you're going in to hurt somebody. Right, you're getting a yellow card or you're getting a red card. I don't think there's any intent for Ruth in that challenge. I think he's honestly going for the ball and these things happen. In the current in the current climate and the current rules, yeah, it's a red card. I, I just wonder if the current climate and the current rules are correct. You know what I mean? And that's that's just how I look at it. I think I think there's elements of that where you know you could you could um you know micromanage every single refereeing decision because I think it's so difficult in the current game um, to actually get a, a clear answer on the rules do you not think you know so you and I are, are, are debating this we're not debating it but we're, we're sort of discussing the merits of the red card and whether it was but it's quite difficult to tell what you know a Scottish referee or an English referee would have given because you yeah. just don't know you feel that like the inconsistencies are so large across the board in refereeing that it's hard to tell what any given referee would have awarded there. I've got to be honest, I thought it was a red card. As you say, I think Balligan's, I think he's just got screwed in it a wee bit. I actually, I'd have been tempted to bring Holander on at half time potentially when he was in a booking. Um, because I felt like he was making a lot of rash decisions yeah, in the game nah, last night. Yeah, he had a bad night. He definitely had a bad night. And I like Balligan, to be fair, but I think it's difficult. When, I wasn't surprised to see him come in, but you know, perhaps Stephen Gerrard will look back on that and think maybe that was the yeah. wrong decision because Hollander was a man in form. And I don't think, uh, you know, if, uh, we could sit and debate that roof red card all night, but he was sent off, and, and in my opinion, deservedly so, and yours not. But he was, so I think um, you've got to just move on. But we, I, yeah. I think ultimately, red cards or not, we would have struggled to score in that game last night because every pass just felt half a yard short. Every player just felt about a yard out of position when they were you know, out, out of possession. Um, so it was just a bad night. And I think 
you know, the two red cards just compounded that. It's, uh, it's It makes it a wee bit more frustrating because uh, I think Rangers were just starting to pick up a wee bit when, when Roof got sent off. You know, they'd maybe went through the best sort of five, ten minute period. You know, they seem to have a bit of urgency, but uh, it wasn't to be. And look, at the end of the day, you know, we can't be too despondent in terms of Rangers in Europe this season. You know, for, uh, I think it's 13 Europa League ties this season. One defeat. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I think they've done, done us proud. It's just a wee bit frustrating because I think if we got past this round, then it's game on. But hey-ho, it is what it is. Uh, David, we need to talk about the the, the, the main talking point uh, from last night. And uh, I, I, it feels like something I don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? It feels like a flat enough show <laughs> as it is. You know what I mean, everybody's a bit despondent. So, But we need, we, we need to talk about it. And I was wondering how to do this earlier on the day when I was uh, working on the agenda. And I just kind of thought the, probably the best way to go through it is in, in chronological order. So we'll start with the incident itself, you know, with, with Glenn Kamara and Andre Kudela. You know, the minute anyone <laughs> comes up to you and puts his, you know, his hands over his mouth to cover up what he's saying, and then the, the person that's on the receiving end of that reacts and the, and the person next to him, you know, Zungo, Zungo, he reacted as well. You know, when you get that sort of the severity of the, the reaction, you know, you know something's been said. You know, I, I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Glenn Kamara is telling the truth that 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 what was said was said. You know, of a racist nature. If if you're going to say something and you're confident that you're not stepping over the line, well, the first thing you don't do is this. You know what I mean? And it, the whole thing just looked. It looked a bit seedy, I thought. You know what I mean. And, and then when Connor Goldson came in, you know, you can see you can see his reaction. You know, once he's learned what's been said, you know, he is absolutely furious. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, I don't think there's any way that the, the, the player involved can defend himself. You know what I mean? Because from the off, it looks dodgy. Uh, the biggest, <clears throat> the, the the biggest thing that was a a sort of telltale sign for me was Goldson's reaction because I, I didn't really pick up on on the Kamara thing but when you saw Goldson steaming in and he's not a guy really that loses his cool very often you know he's a very um, level-headed bloke and I think you can see that by even his manner in the media he's, he's a very sort of laid-back chap um, and when he when he lost the plot and was really going you know after that boy I thought I think he knew um, something had happened but yeah, as you say, I mean the, the it's it's left there. I mean, I, I've sort of been thinking about it today. I was you was coming on tonight, and as as the days wore on, you know, I was thinking maybe say that. You know, I, there's a lot of things been going through my my head about it. But I think it's really difficult because you know we're you know we're two white men, so it's difficult for us to understand. You know, and I know we're probably going to come on to Conor Goldson's um, press conference today, but he, he said it himself, you know, there's words that are used and the words that were used, you know, towards Kamal Roof on um, on Instagram last night, words that we think, you know, were allegedly or whatever used. Certainly there was something said to, to Kamara. And it's difficult for us as, as you know, we, we've never encountered that. And Goldson said that himself, you know, it's difficult for any any white people to understand what these what these words mean to to people, um, and it, it's it's quite difficult for us because we're trying to like make sense of it. But really, it, it must be just absolutely crushing 
you know, I think you could see that uh, with Kamara's reaction initially. And then I don't know if you've seen the footage of, of him and Gerard mm-hmm. after the game walking down the touchline. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, this is a guy who, by all, by all accounts, is, is a consummate professional, fantastic player, laid back. You know, again, another guy who looks like nothing would bother him to be, you know, if he, if something like that. It's really difficult. It is really difficult, and I think I've been, as, as I say, I've been sort of thinking about it all day and how we could discuss it and how we could explain it. And you just can't. I mean, this this is just such a such an absolute horrific thing in society. Still, you know, in twenty twenty one, twenty first century, and it's not just in football. It's it's prevalent in football, and I think we've seen that quite a lot this year. And it's only it's only March, but every week you're seeing players down in England being being racially abused on social media, and these social media companies have got a lot to answer for because this is it's too easy. It's too easy for these people to make up burner accounts, make up trolling accounts, and abuse people. You know, for the colour of their skin or, or their sexuality or or whatever else it is, um, and it's 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 horrific. I think last night was just it hit home for us, obviously because it was a you know it was an Angels player. But I think it's up to it's up to us, it's up to us in society to, to to stand up against this sort of stuff because it's all well and good, you know, you and I sitting here and saying oh it's absolutely terrible. But if you and I go off air tonight and then don't do anything about it tomorrow, you know, if, if someone else is is abused on social media or in person, because I think you and I are both you know spoke off air. We won't go into the the finer details, but I think, you know, everyone's experienced some level of that. And I think that the important thing is that people need to start um, standing up to, to to discrimination in any form, because until that happens and until it's called out, it just won't, it won't get any better. I think, um, you know, I, I feel for Glenn Kamara greatly. And, you know, I, as I say, I'll, I'll never understand what that must feel like for him because, you know, I, I just can't. I can't imagine. But something's got to give with this. It can't just be the case that nothing happens. You know, investigation or no evidence, because the only evidence they should need is what Glenn Kamara and and actually Bongani Zungu, because I think he must have heard that because you could see by his reaction. Yeah, that's all that matters. That should be all the evidence that's needed because I think. But it's such a tipping point with this and across the world, and you're seeing it everywhere. Um, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter movement last year has really kicked it off um, in terms of taking the knee and, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's going to... I just don't know. It's, it's really difficult. It's for people higher up in, in, in life than me to to do something about it. But I think the more people like us that, that, that condemn it and speak out about it when, it when we see it and when it happens... In our vicinity, I think that's the most important thing. But I mean, thoughts go to Glenn Kamara. It can't be, you know, he's a young man who's just won the league title with, you know, a massive football club. He's a he's a fantastic young player. I think he's going to go potentially in the summer, but I think he certainly will move on at some stage to another big club um, for a lot of money. And for this to happen to him, I mean, just just horrible stuff. Uh, in terms of you know, I, I think we need to give like Stephen Gerrard and the club some sort of you know praise here. I thought the way Gerrard handled it last night was was superb. You know, I, I mean when we were watching it, uh, me and my son, I mean straight away my, my son was like, 
something racist has obviously been said because just just how it all plays out, you know what I mean? The reaction to uh, Glenn Kamara, the reaction to Connor Goldson, the fact that, he, you know, uh, the two black players that play for uh, Slavia don't defend their teammate. I don't know if you've seen that. They they just stay away. And, and everything sort of pointed to, you know, something racist uh, has been said. So my son's like, do, do you think, you know, Rangers will comment on it? And I think, I don't know, I think they'll maybe just... Uh, say UEFA need to investigate that's something out of order was said because we had that incident earlier on in the season up at Dingwall you know at that point they never they, they didn't label what we said they just said that something totally inappropriate had been said and I kind of thought we would go down the same road this time so when Gerard came straight out in his interview you know and said no he's been racially abused and then to see him on the touchline you know standing up to them you know the, 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 the Slavia manager the, the interpreter and club officials you know, and, and Gerard, you can actually feel the rage coming out of him. You know, he's obviously very angry. But the club statement today was fantastic. Slavia seemed to be going for the, the ridiculous to the almost comical with how they're handling this. You know, the one minute, no, nothing happened. The next minute, actually, we were we were uh, attacked in the tunnel and this happened and that happened and we're going to get the police involved. And just before we came on here tonight, I think it was announced that they've, they've filed a complaint with the police uh, for criminality. You know, the, the way they're handling it also suggests guilt. But I think the way Rangers have handled it, I think, got to commend them. And Stephen Gerrard in particular, the way he's, you know, stuck by his player, uh, is impressive and I suppose it, it, given the nature of it it has to be like that but I, I just think the way Gerard's handled it it deserves a bit of praise I think he's he's magnificent I think he's a fantastic manager actually a fantastic man I think we've seen that you know in the past three years um, he's a great ambassador for, for the club actually and just like he was for Liverpool you know a fantastic an absolute legend of the game and yeah I mean the management aspect's massive because I think um, I don't know if you watched uh, there's a, a fantastic documentary on the BBC a few months ago um, Anton Ferdinand speaking about his sort of yeah, with, with John experience Terry. a fantastic yeah. uh, and it was quite interesting just seeing how isolated and, and, and alone he felt during that period um, that was a real eye opener I, I thought but you know I think Glenn Kamara has been surrounded by his teammates and um and, and his manager and, and the club as well. I thought, yeah, I agree. I mean, I know statements from clubs are often mocked in some way, but um, in terms of their sort of the drama that's sometimes attached to to statements that are about very little, that was a statement that needed to be made about something extremely serious today. And I thought, yeah, they they they, they did really well with that. Um, you know, and you saw Goldson and, and his press conference, you know, and the support that Kamara's obviously received from his teammates. Goldson, I mean, Tavernier's been a fantastic captain, but Goldson's not been a bad stand-in. I think he's, you know, the leadership he showed on the pitch last night and then to show the same leadership off it. I thought his, his comments were, were, um, were, you know, fantastic, but also quite sad. I found it quite, um, you know, because you felt like he was... He was really upset. Visibly, you could hear the voice was cracking a bit, but it was it was it was a bit depressing actually to hear him at the end say that nothing will change, and that's the most frightening part that that you know, um, professional footballers and and you know professional athletes in general can't feel like they're ever going to catch a break with this sort of stuff. Yeah, that's why the authorities and 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 you know 
authorities across sport and and government need to need to really work to try and to try and eradicate it in some way, even if it's working with social media companies to get rid of that aspect because you know that's just it's getting out of control. Um, but yeah, I mean, from from everyone from Stuart Robertson, uh, you know, it was, it was it was great to see Douglas Parker and Ross Wilson yeah, on the pitch with yeah. Gerard last night as well. Um, back in a real, a real solidarity feel, you know. Yes, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, honestly, calling the the, trans- the transformation in the club over the past, you know, three four years has just been incredible. I think we've now got a a board who, you know, have the interests of the club at heart. You've got a manager who's been unbelievable. A group of players that stick together. You know, it's it's been some transformation. I've touched on that in this podcast many times, and then Pat Gerrard's had. But I think last night was just another example. It was a good example and a serious example of you know a close knit team and one that's going to stick up for each other in the hardest of times. Because you know, not only had we just been pumped out of Europe, but then we had to deal with that after the game. Um, and you know, fair play to the players. I thought they, uh, sorry, the the club, you know, players management board. Uh, it was yeah, it was, a, it was a great response and, and fair play to them for all sticking together. I mean, on Connor Goldson, he made, he made an interesting point today. I mean, I thought it was a difficult watch his press conference, and yeah, he's, he's, he's also given a, a, an interview to, to Sky Sports. And again, I, I, I went for a quick walk before we came on the other night, and I was sort of giving it a wee watch when I was walking down the walking down the streets and stuff. And again, you find yourself feeling actually feeling so sad for him you know what I mean because he genuinely looked upset but the point I want to pick up on and, and it's something I've been thinking about raising on the pod for a while and, I, and you're kind of you're kind of scared to do it because of you know political correctness and all that but the taking a knee thing right now if, if, if I was if I was a professional football player and I was asked to take a knee I would do it and I would do it for two reasons I view it as similarly sort of wearing a mask during this pandemic. One of the reasons I would do it is I would want to show everyone else that I'm a responsible member of society and I understand that people within society, you know, are feeling victimised and, and all that kind of thing and and I want to, to, to show that I've got some solidarity with them. Right? The other thing I would want to do it for is to show my teammates, you know, that, you know, if there was... If I'm standing next to Glenn Kamara, for example, or Joe Rebo, I would want them to know that you know I was with them. But I think Conor Golson has picked up on something. He, he, he did sort of say, you know, take a knee for what you know it is becoming. Uh, it feels very corporate to me now. It feels you know every every game on Sky they always mention it. Yeah, you know, we're, we're against racism and all this kind of thing. But without the action to back that up, it does just become. A, a sort of empty gesture, if you know what I mean, and that's how it's. I mean, when 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 the, the the clubs and the players first started doing it, I was like, that's that's fantastic. Now I look at it, I, I don't think anyone pays attention to it anymore because what's changed? Nothing's changed. So this 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 gesture has become just an empty gesture, and I found it interesting that Conor Golson picked up on that today. Yeah, yeah, I would sort of agree. I think you know at the start of the season, I think people picked up on it. But I think the longer you do something like that, you know, as you say, it sort of loses its its impact and its meaning. Um, I think that I think I think ultimately, the authorities are going to have to to work out better ways of combating this. Um, and I think it's it's got to start at the top with FIFA, UEFA, you know, the governing bodies, and then at a lesser level, you know, the domestic bodies, the SPFL, SFA. And the clubs themselves, and it's going to be about education. It's going to be about making sure 
that people understand, uh, you know, because for a generation, even for my generation, there'll be people, you know, my age in their late 20s, early 30s that have got this sort of horrific, you know, um, bio ingrained in them, you know, and, the, and that's scary that that's still happening because, you know, we've, we've seen, I don't want to go into politics, but we've seen a lot of that over the past um, six or seven years across the globe. It's not just been here. And I think there's just still a, an element of racism in society and it's it's scary to think that that is the case, you know, at this at this point. So, yeah, I think I think the authorities have got to got to do something about it. Whether that's that's educational ways, whether it's punishing offenders, you know, more severely. You know, I think in, in a sporting sense, if if someone's caught, you know, um, racial abusing an, an opponent or a, or a teammate or a fan or whoever it may be, I think you've got to really give them. The sort of bans that you would give players for um, doping or, or um, you know, something like that. You know, you would you would see like Rio Ferdinand. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was given a nine month ban in the early noughties, uh for for missing a, a, a drug yeah. test. Yeah. You know, so why can we not bring something like that? And if if a player's caught, you know, issuing any sort of racist, homophobic abuse, um, or anything that you know, any sort of Abuse based on, uh, you know, anything really. Um, why not? Why not dish out harsh bans that are going to are going to send a message? I, I mean, sort of final point, this David. It's you know, UEFA have announced tonight that you know there is going to be an investigation with an ethics and disciplinary inspector uh, uh, looking at the the incidents and and you know. I'm, I'm assuming they'll, they'll take it forward. UEFA don't have a great track record on this at all. You know, I mean, I, the, the sort of stuff that you're talking about there, I seem to remember Manchester City got fined more for sort of fouling the, the the Champions League anthem. So, you know, and, and, and other incidents of, you know, racist abuse and all that, and, but supporters or players, you know, very, very lenient sort of you know punishments and stuff like that so what I mean Stephen Gerrard sort of alluded to this last night he was asked what does he expect to happen and, and he sort of says well what I want to happen and what will happen I, I think there'll be a big gap between the two and it kind of feels that that's, that's what's going to happen is that how it feels for you you are going to look at this slap a wrist or two and then sweep it under the carpet I think they've got to treat it I mean, I, I, I mean there's every chance that will happen but I think we're just going to have to wait and see. I think it's it's got to be treated um, treated responsibly. And I'm just seeing, you know, Gwen Kamara's issued a statement tonight while we're on air. Um, so I'll read out I'll read out some parts of it. But he's saying there's no place for racism or bigotry in football, since uh, some of many was taking a knee in solidarity with those who have lost their lives to racial violence. If UEFA genuinely wants to show racism the red card, then it's time to stop the tokenism and take a zero tolerance approach. Um, as a player, I do not expect myself nor any other to have to tolerate racial hatred on or off the pitch. In 2021, the veiled racist abuse by Andre Cadell took place in the international stage, and any failure to act by UEFA will be viewed as a green light for racism. Cadell was arguing with Rangers player after I tried to intervene. He told me to shut up and then said, One second, my friend. He then came over to me covering his mouth leaning into me he uttered the words you're a effing monkey you know yeah. you are um, 
I was shocked and horrified to hear such racist abuse from a professional footballer. Cadell's claim he simply swore at me. Um, is a complete and utter lie which does not stand up to any form of scrutiny. So that's some of what he said. The, the full statement's been released through um, the lawyer Amara Anwar, but you know, that's quite interesting. That's you know, it's all there. It's all there yeah. in the public domain. Yeah, I mean I I, I did I did have a sort of suspicion I said the words were said because if you watch one of the videos you can hear uh, Zungu shout what he said. He's he sort of it's as if he's shouting to the bench. He said, and he and he uses that phrase. So I I, I did have a rough idea of the words uh, that were used, and yeah, I mean, UEFA should be throwing the book here, but I, 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 they don't have a great record in this, and I, I have a funny feeling that we're going to come out of this feeling all a bit sort of dejected. Yeah, it's it's just a horrible. I mean, even just saying that there, you know, reading the yeah. statement that he's released is just no, it's 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 horrible, and I think you know. For anyone to have to suffer that is just beggar's belief. And as I say, it's difficult for for you or I to try and comprehend what that must have felt like. But for me, even to read that and to to see that, you know, it feels horrible to 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 have read it. And yeah, yeah, not not good. No, it's not. Uh, right before we before we move on to having a wee look at Sunday's game, uh, I'll remind you all about uh, the Rangers picks game. Rangers pick them. Uh, so if you fancy the opportunity of winning a £1,000 prize pool, uh, then log on to www.rangerspicks.com. Complete a series of questions uh, about the game on sa- uh, Sunday sorry, against Celtic to give yourself a chance of winning a share of a £1,000. There's an extra prize this week, guys. There's, there's four uh, Rangers jerseys, the, the title jerseys, the special edition shirts. So if you enter, you'll have a chance of winning one of those. Uh, you must be over 18 to play. Terms and conditions apply. And please, as always, guys, remember to play responsibly. Uh, right, David, so can I move away from a, a horrible a horrible topic there? That's, I have to say, this has probably been the hardest show I remember doing. It's, it's, it's been quite difficult. Uh, but, you know, try and, try and get on to Sunday's game and, and, and more positive things. Uh, I mean, it's been confirmed that the game's on, although, as I said, on Wednesday night, I, I, I always thought that was the case. I, I think there was a bit of uh, bluffing going on on that front. Uh, so the big game on Sunday, not quite as big as it would normally feel, David, because we've already won the league. You know, it's all done and dusted. Can I remember that ever happening before? I mean, I've known of, you know, the final Oldham game of the season not having any impact on, on, on the season, but to... To have only two old fun games in the bank and the the, the titles wrapped up, that, that, that's new territory for me. Uh, so we're going to Celtic Park as champions. Uh, interim manager John Kennedy announced today that, that Celtic would not be providing a guard of honour. Uh, did any of us really give a fuck, David? Because <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't get that full thing. I, but you know, I, obviously, I work in the media and I get it. I do get it, but. Uh... I, that was a weird one. That was like just invented. I, I, it was it was quite funny watching John Kennedy because I I don't I don't really care about John Kennedy. And I don't really mean that in a derogatory way or a you know trying to be funny or anything. It's just like John Kennedy's a sort of who <laughs> <laughs> cares? Aye, aye. Um, and it's been kind of funny because I found him. I don't know if he's getting fed like a narrative from self. Media team, it's before he goes into his press conferences. But I, f- I found that today just about all he was talking about how it's not a class, it's not having class because we are we've got the most, you know, it's all that Trump, yeah, shite. Yeah. You know, we, we've we're the most class, we've got the most class, we're the classiest. 
Um, and then he goes on about us not showing them respect a couple. Yeah. Of, so you're like, well, you know, you either don't care and you're not, this isn't about showing class or anything like that, or it is a bit you disrespecting us. Pick it, you know, pick a side, but aye, I don't care. Um, Looking forward to the game, though. As I said, I've, I'm going to have to work something out. I'm, I'm tempted to maybe bring uh, a telly into the office and have it all set up so I can at least have it on in here. Um, but aye, it's weird going into one of these games, and I, I mean, I would, I would, I would be extremely pissed off if we lost. But you're sort of going into it, and it's a bit like, yeah, well, good, you know, rubbing your hands. Whereas yeah. when was the last time? I don't think I've ever gone into an old firm. Perhaps the perhaps the last one in the 2009-10 season when we were sort of would won the league, and I think Kenny yeah. Miller scored and they beat us there. So yeah, that's the last time I remember going into a game and feeling, you know, a bit relaxed about it. But I think I would still quite like us to to put on a show. I spoke to Ross Bennett last night. And he, he believes that uh, we're going to batter Celtic after that performance last night. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if there is a reaction there. I'd like to see, I'd, I'd actually love to see, and I've been banging this drum for a while now, but I'd love to see Scott Wright play on Sunday. Just give him a chance. Because I think, yeah. I, would, I would just love to see him get a, get a shot in a big game. And I think when you've got a free hit like this, really, which it is, obviously we want to keep the, the, the unbeaten run going and all that, but... Um, It'd be good to see see him start the game because I think he's shown a lot since he even last night he just he gets stuck in. There was you know it was a difficult time to come on, but he gets stuck in. I, I liked seeing that. Um, but that's one of those ones where that's through no real logic of my own. You know, once Scott right to play, it's one of the like you know, <laughs> you know when you get a player you quite like, and you're like, I'd, yeah. I'd play him. So <laughs> no, he probably won't play. I'm not. I'm not really. I mean, it's not based on any like uh, tactical now. It's just because I'd quite like to see him play. Um, but no, it's I mean, good it, to go in. It's good to go in it just by a wee bit of your tails up and just sort of go in to enjoy the game. Yeah, it's. I mean, I suppose it comes with wrapping up the title so early, so we shouldn't complain, you know, because you know we're champions and all that. But uh, and I think last night's kind of knocked the stuff in, and I think the stuff that, that that's came out of last night is kind of knocked the stuff in it a wee bit. So it doesn't feel like a typical, you know, Friday night in terms of looking forward to a game against that shower over the road. So. Yeah, I'm hoping things will sort of pick up. I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, obviously the, the feeling that I'm getting for the Rangers dressing room at the moment is there's you know, a bit of emotion in there and, and not so much the positive stuff, you know, a bit of heart and, and all that kind of thing from going out and, and you know, obviously the stuff with Glenn Kamara. So I, th- I think there's a lot of emotion in that, that dressing room at the moment. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can turn that into a positive and, and come out on, on Sunday and really, really give us a, Give us a performance because uh, <coughs> I think we need it after last night. I think we need a wee sort of pep. Uh, squad news, David, fairly positive. Although Stephen Gerrard said today that, that Nathan Patterson is maybe a doubt. Obviously, Ryan Jack's still out. Uh, on Ryan Jack, uh, just a quick question. Are we kind of approaching a difficult conversation when it comes to Ryan Jack? Because I, I think it's me, me and John always seem to have Ryan Jack to talk about when we're on the show. And, you know, we, We'd always kind of agreed, you know, he's a sort of guy you get six, seven games out of, and then he's out for three, and then you get another six, seven, and he's out for three. It seems it's going the other way. It seems you're getting three, four games at him, then he's out for six, seven. And I just wonder if for how, how much longer can this go? And if, if this is something that's in the player and can't be fixed, you know, 
how how much longer can we can we live with Ryan Jack? Because you know you, you need someone that's going to be in there more times than he's not. You're you're missing your pal John, aren't you? You can tell no. that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see him on Sunday. Was, you're wishing he was here. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I, I think uh, I think he's been a bit unlucky this season, but I think largely last season. I could be wrong, but you know, I think he was relatively fit for large spells of last season. I think the early part of this season he was fit. Um, I think he's just been a bit unlucky. He just picked up a couple of knocks. I think he'll go to the Euros this this summer. Um, See, that's my worry. I mean, I, I, I saw. I, I'm sure I saw a figure the other day that since he signed for Rangers, he's missed seventy games through injury. Is that right? Which is that's quite a lot. Did he not get done though in the game against Kelly? Was that not the first injury he got in the, the 2017-18 season? I'm sure oh, it was a really bad tackle on him against uh, Kilmarnock. Um, but it's difficult because, you know, you can say the same about Arfield. You know, this season, Arfield was fantastic, but then he was out for two months and now he's came back and he's just not, he doesn't look fit no, to no, me. He's, he's not like fit, player. you know. He played against, uh, was, it, was it Antwerp away? I'm sure he played that game. He started that game. Did he? I think he did. Was, aye, aye, and sure then he, he just didn't look. He's, he's, he's certainly he's, he's not looked the same since he came back. I mean, when he, when he came back to the team, I think it was against Dungeon United earlier on. You know, early on in the season, he, he came in as a sub when he scored that day, and for then on in, he just he, he, he was sort of hitting levels way above what he's gave us before. And I like Scott Arfield. I think he's a great player, but it's probably the best he's played since he arrived at the club. But he's been nowhere near that since he's came back. There's no doubt no. about it. It'll be interesting to see what team plays. I would, I would really be really, really disappointed if Partson wasn't fit. So I think he's grown into the jersey. I thought actually last night when we went down to ten men, you know, to see him busting forward and getting a shot on goal when we were only what felt like we were only shots and goal in the second half, you know, that showed a bit of maturity, a bit of leadership um, from him. And I think he's been fantastic. So I'd be really, really disappointed if he didn't play. Uh, and it would also, I'd, I'd be slightly concerned about Balogun right back against Celtic. Um, because I think they've got a couple of players that could potentially exploit that, but maybe not this season because they've not been very good, have they? No. Um, <laughs> so you fun. don't know. You don't know what. <laughs> you don't know what what will happen. But um, I'd be disappointed not to see Patterson. Team wise, it's difficult. I think I would probably revert back to. I mean, if Kamara's in any, you know, frame of mind to play, that's another big question. Um. I would really love to see him play, but you know, you just don't know if, if he's going to be in the right frame of mind. I would love uh, to see him play, and I would love to see him lead out the team as well. You know, I'd yeah. love to see I'd love to see him get the armband for Sunday. Yeah, um, but we shall see. It'll be interesting. I think you know, we're a better team than them, so it's just about how we turn up to play. If we turn up and play like we played last night, it's anyone's guess. But if yeah. we turn up and play like we played against um, St. Mirren then we could be we could be flying. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's quite an interesting game. I don't think you know it's a hard one to call. Um just to think and it's it's all down to us. I think we'll just we get stung last night and obviously as you say that what happened afterwards could either really flatten us on Sunday in terms of just the emotions being really raw still or it could be the, the catalyst for the cow, yeah. big performance. You just don't know. There's a lot of different facets to that but um I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be, it'll be good to watch it by beer and just 
Well, I won't be watching it. I'll be <laughs> if my employees are watching. Uh, <laughs> That's a bit to say. You've you've dropped yourself in it there. <laughs> uh, but it'll be good to it'll be good to watch it, relax and, and enjoy it. And hopefully, hopefully it's a three or four affair. Hopefully, uh, and and on that, you know, sort of final point for the night. Uh, you know, we're undefeated in the league against Celtic since September two thousand nineteen. Three straight wins. And two of them were at Celtic Park. So, I mean, taking all the stuff that's going on out of the equation, if Rangers play the way we, we, we know they can play, you'd have to be confident going into this. Yeah, right, absolutely. I think we're a, we're a good side. I think if Kent turns up, if um, if Hadji starts and Aribo starts, if they're all on their game, as well as Morella's, we're really, really hard to, to stop You know, going forward. So... I would expect to see Hollander come back in. Um, I know Frankie had said they, they apparently the tight drawing last night. Um, but if he's if he's back in fit, I'd expect to see him play. Uh, and yeah, I'm, we're a good team. If we turn up and show our full potential, I think we'll win. Um, and listen, we're the champions, so we're going there. We're tails up, and uh, yeah. It still doesn't. It still doesn't feel real. But we are the champions, and that's. Uh, I think it will finally sink, sink in. As I said the other night, when when Tavernier and you know lifts that trophy, it'll be great to see Glenn Kamara actually with that trophy now as well. Yeah, that's what he went through last night. And on that positive note, we'll try and we'll try and leave in a, in, in a positive place. Uh, we'll finish up for tonight. So a big thanks to David for his his contribution, and it was quite a. Quite a difficult show, I think. That's probably the hardest show I've, I think I've ever had to do in my sort of three three years here at Jersnet. Uh, so yeah, so thanks to David for that. Uh, obviously, we'll have a show on Sunday covering the game, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll have a positive result to talk about. Uh, it's myself, uh, John McCallum, my pal, John McCallum's on on Sunday, David. Uh, John John McCallum and Alec Anderson are on on Sunday night. So join us, and we'll give you everything you need to know after the game on Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself over. I'm having an absolute nightmare, by the way. In the meantime, get yourself over to the website at www.chairsnet.co.uk. Guys, a really difficult night last night. Uh, I think we're all feeling a wee bit flat. Uh, so here's hoping for a good result on Sunday. And as always, stay safe, look after yourself, stay away from the ground on Sunday, by the way. Don't go anywhere near yourself at the park. Uh, and we'll see you Sunday. Bye for now.